Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is The Early Years Matter. Sure, the early years matter to early childhood educators who are looking at lifelong emotional skills developed in day-to-day struggles. The early years matter to all the professionals who are trained to support the brain-building foundations that prepare children to reach amazing potential decades later. We understand that play-based learning gives children deep and profound experience that is the best way to be prepared for the future. But today's conversation is just a little more practical. I'm here with Seth Schneider, a dad of two boys who are 12 and 14 years old. Seth was a family time dad, and when I asked for podcast themes, he said, let's talk about how what you do when they're young matters to what they can do when they are older. It's a great podcast theme. All that you know looking back at earlier stages of childhood. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. We're glad you're here. Okay, you've you've lived it. You've experienced it. You've gone through the the trenches. What do you know now? Uh, Well, we're still experiencing it. They're still in the house. Um, But, you know, and... As, as you and I have discussed before, you know, I kind of cheat because my wife is a, a pediatric neuropsychologist, so I do leave some of the heavy lifting to her. Dr. Marnie Schneider, she'll be on again in July. She was on before, and she's one of our favorite um, guiding lights through the struggles of parenting and childhood. Um, but what one thing that but I... But the books can't do it for you, right? That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, one thing that, that you know, for... for, for Initially, the one thing is that is that we are a united front. Yeah. Uh, from day one, we've, we've had conversations about how we're going to bring up the kids and, and what the plan so is. first child, pregnancy, you guys are already talking about how you're going to be a family. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Tell me a little bit about how those conversations started. Um, well... Yeah, she would start them. Yeah, because those of us and, and Marty and I share a certain um, way of being in the world. Like we like to manage it well. Yes. <laughs> um, but it, I really believe that if you could, everybody could sit for 15, 30 minutes a week and just say, "How are we doing? Where are we going? Who are we? Who do we want to be? How happy are our kids?" 
it's it really gives you a connection and that ability to 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 pause when it's so frenetic. I mean, kids are going, they're changing, they're they're going to always throw stuff at you. Right. And you plan everything else in your life. You plan your career, you plan your your budget, you plan your vacations, you should plan your your child rearing. Yeah. yeah. And your parenting and your family. So, can you remember where you started in that vision of who you wanted to be, what you wanted to be, and what you agreed upon? Um, I mean, me personally, I always wanted to be a very involved father. Like, that was that was my, my big thing. Um, and I, I mean, it's not something you can necessarily control, but I wanted to be a young father so I could be active with yeah. them throughout their, you know, throughout their lives. Um, you know, but these days, I mean, I have friends, I'm 44 now, I have friends who are having babies now, sure. and it's... I have since learned that it's your attitude more than more than anything else. Yeah. You know, but back then, you know, I was young and I saw old people as old. And now that I'm old, <laughs> I see people are who they want to be and and, and, yeah. and feel they are. Um, but um, you know, for example, like for I went to every doctor's appointment. I was very involved. Went to every single doctor's appointment. Tried to be as supportive as possible. Um, and you know, ever since then, every, unless I was traveling for work, every baseball game, hockey match, tennis match, yeah. whatever it be, I wanted to be there. I wanted to, to be supportive okay, of, so of, my, of my children. Okay, so now I want to jump to your insight. What the, as you said, what you, do, what you did 10, 12, 14 years ago matters to who they are. And, and not everybody can be physically as present, hands-on, depending on schedules and all Absolutely. of that. But tell me how that early relationship fortified or created the kind of relationship you have now with your boys. What's the difference? Well, it, it, it creates expectations. You know, if, if I'm there all the time and all of a sudden I'm not there, it would, you know, there would, yeah. questions would arise. Yeah. Um, and that's with anything, that's with anything um, is that... When you establish expectations early with children, that you know, till to this day, the expectations stand. And Which means we're your boys are going to hold you accountable for the kind of dad you are. You're not. Um, oh, I'll handle that. You're not second layer. You are both front layer parent. Front, oh, absolutely. Front lines parenting. Right. right. And and that's an interesting perspective because then you're saying. Okay, I, I'll take the responsibility, the commitment, the guilt. Right, and and that's something that uh, I actually wrote down is is dad's roles are what you make them to be. Yeah. You know, there's I mean, there's mother maternal instincts, and they're called that for a reason. Uh, but what's but, the reason to you? What's the reason to me? I mean, to me, that's nature. So you think they they're better attuned, more prepared, that it's easier. I, I for the most part, okay. I think men have to work at it a lot more, yeah. um, and a lot of that might be observing the mother, and mimicking some of those things where then the connection with the children might, you know, develop differently. But there's no question that my wife has a different relationship with my children than I do. Uh, but you're two different people, right? Absolutely. You know, but yeah, but. Our roles are, are what we define, 
and not what anybody else defines. There are things that I do. Um, one of my sons, uh, Ethan, has celiac disease. And the day he was diagnosed, I was online, I was researching, got all the information. Um, I bought every single gluten-free product in Publix. We tried them out. We did taste testing to find out which ones were, were, were the best. I bake. I bake a lot. Um, uh, I make baguettes and pretzel bread and all these different things. And I've tried lots of different recipes. My first gluten-free challah, the dogs wouldn't eat. <laughs> so, you know, there's an evolution. But, but that's a role that I took on, yeah. um, that it was important to me that he had the best things possible for him that he was able to eat. Um, so that's a role that I define for myself. Hold, I know you've got a lot to say, and I want to hear all of it, but did you get judgment for that? Did you get criticism for that? Not. I, I mean, amongst my friends, you know, they understand that I can be a crazy, you know, that, that's what I um, could be a crazy person. And this is one of my things that I chose to be crazy about. Um, you know, there are things that, you know, I choose to do that I get judgment my eyes, but I mean, truth be told, I don't care what other people think about me. But it's also this, I mean, because I want, I mean, we're talking to first time dads, we're talking to dads of younger children, even if it's, they have three under five, but it's this idea of the trial and error, the experimentation and the figuring out what matters to you. Because, you know, my old mantra is all we ever really teach is ourselves. And if you're willing to be yourself and share yourself with your boys or girls, when as they're as they from infants all the way up, then they have the knowledge and experience in these relationships, a relationship with dad, a relationship with mom that will change them forever. And I think by the time you get to these teen years, this is what I want to just like say, you're living proof. It doesn't get easier, as you said before when we were right. first picking the topic. Bigger kids, bigger problems. You know, it's <laughs> it's not going to save you, you know, stress. The stress will come. But it allows you to know them and yourself differently. So that's what I hear when you say being involved early matters because now you, you, you have 10, 12, 14 years under your belt when you get to the big stuff right. or the more complicated stuff. Right, and, and you want to have a relationship, especially with your teenagers, that if they have a problem or they want to talk about something that they're comfortable c- coming to you. Yeah. And that connection is established early. Uh, if you're not, and I'm not saying changing diapers, but I'm saying interacting with your children and just being there with them and talking to them and having human conversations with them, that will continue. But, you know, you can't wait till they're 10 or 12 before you try before to start connecting. Up. Right, before you show up. Um, to, to me, that's, that's a huge part of it is, is being there for them. And I don't mean time-wise. I mean, the time you are with them needs to be present. Needs to be present. Right? Like you can't work all day and then show up and be on your phone. Um, you really need to like be there and have conversations with them. So it's established early. It it's, really is established early. It, and that being present is so important because it's, you know, when they're little, was it so back to the things you like to do with them? I mean, did that come easily to you? Okay, baking came easy. 
get, doing research, finding the best information, being at those doctor visits. But the day-to-day parenting challenges, the temper tantrums, the, the, the testing behavior, right. well, the illness. Here's, the, it's a very simple trick, and you know this. It's a very, and now people don't realize it's simple because it is not the path of least resistance. But if you establish expectations when they're young, when it comes to bedtime, when it comes to TV time, video games, whatever, um, you know, we, we were always very scheduled. I mean, I st- I've always, we still are. Yeah. But we were always very scheduled. But my kids know when we say it's bedtime, there's no, it doesn't take an hour. Right. You know, it's right. brush your teeth and go to bed and it's done. Right. And we, start, we established that pretty much from day one is there was always a bedtime. Right. You know, we give them an extra hour on the weekends, but that's it. Um, and and let's, now let's go back to you and Marnie being on the same page. Oh. Because I know Marnie as a professional and as a parent, and she... You know, she 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 comes naturally. I mean, that's you both obviously because um, we know that not all parents take to structure routine and rules um, with the same ease that I believe yeah. the two of you do. It matches your temperament, your personalities. It, it drives us both insane because if if you are creating consistent expectations from day one, a lot of the problems you will have with your children will not exist because they know when you say something, you mean it. Um, You know, a lot of parents allow their kids to make decisions that the kids shouldn't be making. Um, You know, parenting is, is not easy, but it's easier if you do the job. And, and, and what I'll just add, just for all of those parents who uh, rebelled themselves against schedules, routines, and rules. um, I, I, I just want to say, for me, you can't have it both ways. If you choose to be a flexible, follow-your-child's-lead parent, that's fine-ish, as long as you're not frustrated and upset and angry every day, because that's where the real tension comes in, is you create the environment that you want them to grow and thrive in, but if you're not happy in that because it doesn't work for the grown-ups in the house as well as the children, then you're letting them know, I'll give you power, but then I will I will be angry that I gave you that power. And that's where it falls in. If you're if you're a fly by the seat of your pants, fun parent, and and nobody has rules in your house, but you're not crazy about that, then okay. But if it's making you crazy, now listen to Seth. If you take your infant out to a restaurant at 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, and they are throwing a fit, you know, or your toddler, and they are throwing, that's your fault. They should be in bed. Well, I'm <laughs> cautious on the shoulds here. Um, but I, I, You could be cautious. I'm going to say. It works for you guys. But, what I, but, but they need to sleep. Unless they're going to sleep and, you know, you're not going to get them to bed until 9 o'clock at night. Right. But, but again, in some cultures, you know, in some cultures, there is a freedom and flexibility in children in public spaces at 10, 11 o'clock. And I'll just be open about that. But what really matters is the communication you have with Marnie and the sanity you have in your house, the pride that you can feel at yourself being a super involved dad 
and seeing your boys grow into into young men that you admire and right. respect. And our house isn't perfect. There's yelling and screaming, yeah. you know, but I think there's less yelling and screaming than there would be yeah. if, you know, if we didn't parent the way we have so far. Yeah. Um, you know, I do look back and and wish we had done thing, done some other things. Well, that's on my list. What, what would you have you know, done differently with, um, in hindsight? You know, per- personally, I wish they were more involved in, in Jewish life. Um, and that's our fault. We chose, you know, they had sports. So we chose to allow them to do sports on Saturdays instead of coming to synagogue. Yeah. Um, so now when I come, because I'm very involved in the synagogue, you know, I get pushback. Um, so... You know. Well, I have a question for you, and that is, did that evolve because your engagement in the synagogue as, as a grown-up changed, or did you just no, really... But when we first moved to Florida, Marnie and I would come every Shabbat, and when the kids were very little, we would come every Shabbat, and then it wasn't until the sport started that we stopped coming yeah, every Shabbat, yeah. and, uh, and that was a choice we made. Um, you know, we could have looked for other leagues that maybe took place on Sundays, um, but we didn't, and that's one that's one well, regret I, I have. But again, it's it's this thing I think in parenting. Whenever you're looking back, there's always going to be something you gave up in order to have something else. Of course. So, the question, but my my question then is, what? Not that everybody's going to go and 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 stop doing those Saturday sports, but my question is, what do you think your boys would have had that they didn't have, because you didn't emphasize the Jewish community or Jewish life or Jewish spirituality um, what what do you why why do you wonder if you should have done it more no for me it's just arming them with the, the knowledge um, and it's not about religion as much as it is about culture and history um, and the way would be you know to have them here and to experience experience it um, I to me when it comes to religion specifically if you don't arm them with the knowledge to make their own decision, then the decision is made for them. Um, you know, you, you know, you can't not go to synagogue on the high holidays, and then you know, when your kids are little, and then when you're older, be disappointed that your children don't go. You know, like to me, well, they were never really given the option unless they had some sort of epiphany or a religious experience where they decided upon themselves to take it upon themselves to go. Um, so, you know, I. I mean, we do Shabbat, you know, Friday nights. We light candles. We, you know, we do so mozi. We do we do some stuff. Yes, and and you've had one bar mitzvah and the yes, next one down and one to go. And so. my first one did an amazing job. So you know, B'nai Torah prepared them very well. Prepared him very well. I'm sure my Ethan will do uh, just as well. And and you know, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting um, perception just to to wonder. You know, could I have given them more? Which, you know, and, and I guess we never really know, but no. you know... The answer is always yes. The answer is always yes. Because you can't do everything. And you pick and choose. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty. They have a Jewish identity, though. They do. No question about it. I mean, we do all the... We do, you know, two nights at Rosh Hashanah at our house. We had 60 people over two nights for for Passover at our house. I mean, you know, we we do a lot, you know, compared to others in our situation. Um, It's a choice we made. Um, But you can't have everything. You can't do everything. You know, they go to summer camp. So, 
you know, we we don't travel, you know, to certain places and and okay. So there, there given that idea of there's always gains and losses. There's always there's it's whether it's a fear of missing out or the reality of missing out, or or, or the new phrase I think is JOMO, the joy of missing out. Just right. knowing that whatever I choose, I will embrace. How have you, as a dad, um, made the choices that you make for you knowing that that you can't give them everything? How do you live with yourself? I mean, because I when I talk to the dads, it always feels like. You know, the parenting information's there, but it's that coming into the dadness, coming into, you know, these are the choices that are meaningful for me. And it's like, it's funny. It's like, you know, the baking was so clear, you know, like, and if we had that clarity for every piece of how you fit into the family puzzle, right? It, it, it's you brilliant. Know, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because a lot of the investment we make in the time with our children are not apparent the results are not apparent until they're older you know i i mean the the, the baking now is is such an a, a matter of fact thing that it's not probably so appreciated as much as i would like for it to be wow. How, however it also becomes the family habit routine correct that when they look back correct. nothing will ever take that away right because it's it's all it's it, right, it's invisible because it's so much a part of who right. you are as and, a and I would have no doubt that when then when my children are parents you know they'll look back and say oh well you know when I was diagnosed or my, my brother was diagnosed you know my parents were right on top of it and my father baked and this like you know it's there you're not going to get it's visible, it's real, it's tangible, right, right. and that's the But you're not going to get the thank yous. You, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you're not doing this for thank yous. You're not doing it for the glory. You're doing it, you know, because you feel that it's the right thing to do and, and it's what's best for your child and you're trying to give them the best experience, the most normal experience And have you always case. been that person that just trusted that making good choices in the moment would have that ultimate payoff? Well, it's better to make the uh, the right choice than to make the wrong choice, or what I would perceive as the right choice and the wrong choice. You know, it, I wouldn't do something like, oh, they won't appreciate it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, or it doesn't. The, the question I face on a regular basis is, does this really matter? And what I always say to parents is, if you ask the question, nothing matters in the moment. It's like, do I should does it do, really should I set this limit here? And it's like. You know, it's arbitrary. So many rules right, are arbitrary, right. except that you have some and that they really be what matters to you. Right. And then it does fall into place and then you bring structure but to your family. From a micro perspective, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Right. But from a macro perspective, Every, when does. you take all of those yeah. decisions together, yeah. they all matter. That's right. So choose. But very importantly is they, they need to be consistent with one another. You can't, you know, you're likely to parent similarly for both children or all your children or however many children you have. Um, That's a good question, though. I'm going to come to that one. Okay. But, but, you know, as long as you're viewed as being consistent from one to the other, um, A, there, there won't be too many fights um, with each other, like amongst the, well, you said this and you said that. If if the decisions are always similar and consistent and and the kid and they know what to expect, you're not really going to get much pushback. 
And the macro perspective is you were consistent. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to like punishments and stuff and you don't, don't threaten and not follow through because your kids are going to know that you're full of hot air. You know, like if you, if you're consistent, behaviors change yeah. and it affects behaviors and, and, and such. So. so, and how have you had to be flexible with, with the boys differences? I am, and how did you discover that well, nuance? I am amazed at how two children with the same parents, the same upbringing, the same environment can be so, like, it's so different. Yeah. I don't understand how it's possible, but it's, my children are very different. Um, not that one is artsy and one is not, none of us are artsy. None of us can say, <laughs> but, but in personality wise, they're just very, very different. Um, so you do have to parent a little differently based on their At what age did you see that? Oh, like day one. Day one. Yeah. And it worked out nicely because Jacob, my 14-year-old, he's a, a very chill guy. Um, so the perfect older brother. Always, he's very caring, always caring about his, his brother and such. And, and Ethan, while caring, is a little less chill. So... You know, the, the, the way they lined up were perfectly. If they were the other way around, <laughs> it would have been yeah. less easy for us. Yeah. Because um, I just don't think that Ethan would have taken to be an older brother the same way that Jacob t- has taken to being an older brother. And, and that was in the younger, as he gets older, you know, Jacob tweaks him a little bit sure. and, and, and they go at it. They don't physically fight, but they bicker. They know um, how to push buttons. Right. They do. Yes, they do know how to push <laughs> buttons. And, uh, you know, but it's fine the way that, you know, the dynamic has worked out for us. Well, and I just want to say for anybody that's listening, you know, I just think that because it, it come at, you came out on Stephanie Englander's um, Unplugging podcast that we had up last week. And that is when people when you push buttons in a family, you learn boundaries, limits and edges in really profound ways. Trying to do the right thing as a child isn't natural. And so the only way to do it is look at your brother or your sister and go, oh, oops, maybe I went too far. Or maybe he went too far. You know, it's, it's really figuring out those dynamics. So uh, it's, it's as, dr- as crazy as it'll make the parents, it's invaluable for life, I think. But, and... And has anything changed from the parent you thought you'd be to the parent you've turned out to be? Does anybody think they're a bad parent or they're not doing a good... I mean, I guess there are parents who think they're doing a bad job. But hopefully it's early enough where they can change that and, you know... And honestly, at any point you can change how you do things. But it's that idea of being able to go to sleep at night and going, I did my best. I gave my best, oh. and I can figure out the I can figure out a better way tomorrow if I need to. Yeah, yeah. I don't lose sleep over over parenting. That or... was the question that I put on Facebook. Is uh, we're looking for the theme was what do you lose sleep over? Oh, I that I don't that I don't lose sleep over is is how we parent our children. Um, okay, I mean, they, if we can bottle that and package that, and people get that takeaway. 
Listen, we have very... Is that a temperament? Is that your life partner? Is that... We have very... And I guess this is how we judge. We have very happy children. Um, you know, even when they bicker or whatever, it's very short-lived. We, we, we do mean, things as a family. We enjoy time as a family. Is, it's not that they're just happy. You enjoy being with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we have experiences together that, you know, that will become inside jokes for the rest of our lives amongst the four of us. Um, but the, the children want to be, even if they're arguing... They're still gonna always be together, you know. Like it, it's almost like they're 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 part of each other, yeah. um, and and they're you know twenty three and a half months apart. They're very close, you know. They're they won't say it, but they are each other's best friends. Um, I'm gonna cry right here on the podcast because <laughs> it's really the most beautiful thing, and what every parent wishes. Oh, absolutely, for their siblings, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the, right. Like they, the connection that they have, um, is, is, is pretty amazing. Um, and it, but it's just there. It's not talk. They don't talk about it to each other. You know, they're not mushy, emotional, you know, this and that. But, you know, the first thing they do is they want to talk to each other about X, Y, and Z. You know, they're, you know, it, it just happens. It just is. It's not even that it's talked about or thought about. It just is. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you know. Okay. And so, and I think you're giving the secrets and the reassurance and the hope to new dads out there. Um, because what you've said is just by being present, just by showing up, by being true and consistent to who you are, having the communication, the vision, and making family the priority, you can, you can do this. How have all how has all of this protected your family and your boys heading out into a big scary world? Their world has grown, you know, from the time leaving family time to early childhood to elementary, and now to a world with well, lots of other influences. Well, interestingly, is that I mean we don't shield our kids from any anything like we watch the news is on all the time my kids know everything that's going on is that true when they were in preschool always okay always we've never not we've never lied to them you know we we, you speak to their level and their age um you know when they ask especially the younger ones they'll ask you questions that you're like i don't know how you know like what am i supposed to answer but they're not really asking the adult version of the question they're asking the kid version of the question um, but so our, we know parents who like completely shield their children and when those kids get out in the real world, it they're shell shocked. Um, you know, my kids know what's going on in the world, be it politics or I don't know what else, you know, unfairness, hate, un- right, hate, unfairness, right. They see it all. Yeah. And and then they, they might not necessarily the understand it. Their world right. and their experiences. Right. To they, they might not understand global. it, but right. honestly, I don't understand it either. So, but we can have honest, frank conversations about it. You know, we watch, um, you know, TV shows about about it, and we have conversations about it. Like, you know, they're not stupid. They're smart, and, and they they're, were never treated right. Like they, they weren't capable. Right. We've always. You know, you, you have the conversation at their level, 
Um, but we've never avoided a topic ever. Um, you know, so everything is kind of normal yeah. for us. Um, and you both. And, and, so, and so maybe this just tells everybody, just go find yourself that perfect therapist. <laughs> you, and, you and Marnie approach the world without a great deal of fear and anxiety. Cor- correct. Because, because you because you have the skills because you have a professional. And... Well, right, but we also believe that you know we are part of society, you know. So if you know if we see things we don't like, that that we can discuss it, and and share our feelings and do what we can, and and the the kids under, understand that. You know, I think we're just pla- we're just planting seeds right now. Yeah. You know, we don't know what they're going to be, what they're going to do, whatever. But, you know, the, the goal is that they be good people um, and that whatever they choose to do or be or whatever, they're successful at it. Um, we've never discouraged anything. Um, the only sport we ever said they couldn't play was football. My wife is a neuropsychologist, so there's no chance my kids play football. But other than that, they want to do hockey, they did hockey. They want to do basketball, they did basketball. Like and, and talking about the... Being a good person, how did you balance or let go of or put in the equation? How did you do that whole person versus academics equation? You know, those, those external criteria of success and well, measurement. When it comes to academics, what matters to us is, is the effort. You know, you get, you get a C and you didn't put any effort, that's a huge problem. You get a C and you worked your butt off. Well, you did the you know you did the best you could. It's Spanish, like you know. I mean, we could barely I barely speak English, and you know I'm not worried about your Spanish. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying they should be rewarded for effort. I'm not a believer in being rewarded for effort, but I believe in punishment for lack of effort. And process, <laughs> process over final results right that, that it's about the learning the mistake making the growing the right. lessons correct right like yeah. well, what did you do wrong you know can you fix it yeah. you know i love this i just love this and i do think that you have so much to share with young dads so i'm going to go right to the wrap-up how have you got this for right here for right now and again with that framework of no, you don't know what's coming in the next year or two ahead. Right. But how have you got this well, with that looking back? Listen, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. We're doing the best we can. Um, some people have learned what, how their parents parented and what they did and didn't like and try to do things differently. And some people just saw what their parents did and try to do that. that and, um, but we, have, we chose to make our children the priority. Um, it goes back to like, you know, going out to dinner, you know, when we took our kids out to dinner, it would be at five, five thirty, um, because we felt that's what was best for them. So we, instead of going out at seven thirty, eight o'clock, which was, you know, better for us, we always chose what we felt was best for the children and giving and them for the their opportunities to gain skills and learning. Right. And, and, but, and also, you know, it's, it's easiest if you're home with your child to stay at home with your child. That's the easiest thing to do and let them sit there and do whatever. It's, it's better for them to take them to the zoo and not just walk around, but talk to them and talk about the animals. Even when they're little, 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 it's, you know, exposing them to the world. Yeah, seeing and, and the world things. through their eyes. Right. And through and, their hearts. 
you know, so we, I mean, we used to go to Gumbo Limbo all the time and, and back in my previous life when I was working like crazy, Marnie would take the me to the zoo store. all the time. That's right. <laughs> so Marnie would take him to the zoo all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's harder to get out of the house and, and experience things, but it's better. So we just got to, as more, more often than not, try to do, balance. right, try to do the harder, but better things. Most of, most of the better things are harder. Are harder. Than just. You know. But everybody, 10 years from now, 12 years from now, 14 years from now, it, 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 it matters. Thank you, Seth. And by the way, yes. if you're loving this conversation, Seth is the president of the B'nai Torah Men's Club. So young guys, come on out and be a part of an amazing community. Thanks, Seth. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.